Psalm chapters 91 through 93. Psalm chapter 91, verse 1. He who is dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, in the shade of the mighty, lodgeth habitually. 2. He is saying of Jehovah, My refuge and my bulwark, my God, I trust in him. Whoever rests in the shadow of God Almighty, meaning that we're hiding in him and he has his arm around us in a protective manner, we will live with him forever. In order to be resting in the Lord, that means obeying his commandments and putting all of your trust in him. When you continue to do that, that will result in your salvation, and then you will rest with him forever. 3. For he delivereth thee from the snare of a fowler, from a calamitous pestilence. This is a psalm of deliverance. It's saying that if you are a child of God, meaning that you are following the Lord and obeying him, you will have supernatural protection that other people won't have. Bad things will happen to you. Satan will set a trap for you, and he will bring pestilence over the whole planet, and it'll be on the news every night. But you don't have to fear that, because you're not going to die unless God appoints that it's your time to die. If it isn't your time, you're going to keep serving the Lord. 4. With his pinion he covereth over thee, and under his wings thou dost trust. A shield and buckler is his truth. A pinion is the tip of a bird's wing. The Lord is likened to a bird many times in Psalms. I imagine that's because birds are awesome protectors of their young. His truth, the truth of Jesus Christ, shields us from harm. Because nothing will happen to us that isn't ordained by God. And if something negative does happen to us, that can be used as an opportunity to spread the gospel. And there will be other people who are running scared and easily falling victim to different attacks. But when you walk in Jesus, you don't have to fear the enemy. 5. Thou art not afraid of fear by night, of arrow that flieth by day. At nighttime, our health can be attacked or we could have a wicked dream. And the arrows that fly by day also represent the attacks from Satan. 6. Of pestilence in thick darkness that walketh, of destruction that destroyeth at noon. In the darkness and even in the middle of the day, destruction can come. There could be a natural disaster or a toxic spill or a disease or a virus that's raging through town. But we who walk in faith walk under the guidance of the Lord, and we're just busy serving Him through all of it. 7. There fall at thy side a thousand, and a myriad at thy right hand. Unto thee it cometh not nigh. So we can see one thousand fall to our left, and ten thousand fall to our right, but the disaster will not come to us. And again, this isn't saying that you'll never be in a bad situation. But in many situations, we have survived where others fell. Miracles will happen that will cause us to live when we should have died. 8. But with thine eyes thou lookest, and the reward of the wicked thou seest. 9. For thou, O Jehovah, art my refuge, the Most High thou madest thy habitation. The way to read this chapter 
is from a spiritual perspective. Because if we read it strictly as talking about humans, it seems contradictory with the rest of the Bible. If we read it as demons falling, then it makes perfect sense. Because in real life, the Lord does protect the wicked many, many times and allows them to live longer so that they'll have more time to repent. And the Lord does allow those who love him to suffer and go through trials and hardships. There are two things. One, there are many times where we could have fallen, but the Lord protected us because we're his children. And number two, ultimately, every single demon will go into eternal torment when their appointed time comes, but the children of God will live forever. And we are protected from demonic activity as long as we maintain the faith and put all of our trust in him. 9. For thou, O Jehovah, art my refuge, the Most High, thou madest thy habitation. The Lord's house, where he lives, is in the absolute highest place. Heaven is in the highest place. And we're citizens of heaven. 10. Evil happeneth not unto thee, and a plague cometh not near thy tent. And again, if this is spiritual evil, the demons can't make me sin. They don't have power over my life. I don't have to worry about finances. I don't have to worry about my health. I don't have to worry about my relationships. If somebody's angry with me and doesn't want to speak to me anymore, I just leave that up to the Holy Spirit. I don't carry a burden for things that I can't control or things that are not sin in my life. My only burden is to continue forgiving people and continue obeying the Lord. And that's a very light load. That's why Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. All we have to do is obey him. And that really isn't a lot. We don't have to control our environment or our circumstances. 11. For his messengers he chargeth for thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. That means he sends angels to guard over us. 12. On the hands they bear thee up, lest thou smite against a stone thy foot. They will keep us from falling over a cliff or tripping. This is talking about spiritual tripping and falling. His messengers will warn you, don't go to that person's house. Don't get in the car with that person. They'll warn you so that you don't get trapped. 13. On lion and asp thou treadest, thou trampest young lion and dragon. This entire chapter has to be read from a spiritual perspective. What this is talking about is trampling on demons, not earthly animals. His name has power. That's how we trample on demons, is with the name of Jesus, in prayer. 14. Because in me he hath delighted, I also deliver him. I set him on high, because he hath known my name. No human can pronounce the name of God. So again, this has to be read on a spiritual level, because we cannot pronounce Y-H-W-H. So it isn't saying that I know what his name is in a literal sense. It's saying that I know him. His name is his will and his way. I know him. I have a relationship with him because I obey him. And because I get pleasure from knowing the Lord and obeying him, that's why I get delivered from demonic oppression. And that's what this entire song is about. We have power over the demons, and one day we will go to heaven. 15. He doth call me, and I answer him. I am with him in distress. I deliver him and honor him.
If I feel an attack from Satan, I call unto the Lord, and he delivers me from my distress. He'll do the same for you when you're walking in obedience. He will listen to your prayers. 16. With length of days I satisfy him, and I cause him to look on my salvation. I will get to look on Jesus Christ, my salvation, when I get to heaven, and he will give me length of days. That means I'll live forever. And that concludes Psalm chapter 91. Psalm chapter 92, verse 1. A psalm, a song for the Sabbath day. In the New Testament, we're told that Jesus is our Sabbath rest, which means every day is a Sabbath to the Christian. In the Old Covenant, only the seventh day was the Sabbath. But in the New Covenant, do you think Jesus is only your Sabbath rest on the seventh day? Absolutely not. If he is our Sabbath, then our Sabbath is every day, 365 days a year, including all the holidays. That means 365 days a year, we obey Jesus, we trust him, and we don't practice religion. We practice obedience to Jesus Christ. There's no sin in going to church and participating in church activities, but that will never save us. We practice obedience to the Lord. He said, repent and follow me, which means obedience. That's what that means. He didn't say, go to church and do what your pastor wants. He said, repent and follow me. So anyway, the whole argument about what is the Sabbath is made perfectly clear in the New Testament. The Sabbath is every single day from now on in Jesus Christ. Good to give thanks to Jehovah and to sing praises to thy name, O Most High. It is very good to thank the Lord for everything he's done. If you want to pray and you don't know what to say, just spend the whole time thanking him for all the things that he's done and list all the times that he's blessed you. That's the perfect prayer. 2. To declare in the morning thy kindness and thy faithfulness in the nights. All day long we should be thanking the Lord for everything. 3. On ten strings and on psaltery, on higayon with harp. So it's mentioning the different musical instruments. The Lord loves music and instruments, but it should all be for him, and not to glorify ourselves. 4. For thou hast caused me to rejoice, O Jehovah, in thy work, concerning the works of thy hands I sing. The works of the Lord's hands are all of creation, and all of the miracles that he's done for the Israelites and for us. And we can rejoice over all of that. I rejoice that the Lord brought the flood. I rejoice that the Lord parted the Red Sea. And I also rejoice for all the times the Lord has literally saved my life from death, and for him forgiving me of all my sins, and many other things. 5. How great have been thy works, O Jehovah! Very deep have been thy thoughts. The Lord's thoughts are incomprehensible to us. He knows everything. 6. A brutish man doth not know, and a fool understandeth not this. If you don't have reverence for the Lord, then you're like a fool, or somebody who's totally unschooled. The way that we are really sophisticated spiritually is by fearing the Lord and honoring Him. That is spiritual sophistication. That's a lot better than social manners. 7. When the wicked flourish as a herb and blossom do all workers of iniquity, 
for their being destroyed forever and ever. For a time, wicked people will flourish like grass growing or flowers blossoming, and they'll have fast, hard lives. But then, eventually, if they never repent, they'll be destroyed forever. 8. And thou art high to the age, O Jehovah. The Lord is high above everything, forever. 9. For lo, thine enemies, O Jehovah, for lo, thine enemies do perish. Separate themselves, do all workers of iniquity. Anyone who willfully practices sin with a sinful lifestyle, they will perish. If you even have one sin that you keep going back to, according to scripture, that makes you a worker of iniquity. You've got to give it up. You have to give it up. Some of my sins were easy to walk away from, and others took time, where I had to really pray a lot. But eventually the Lord helped me to overcome. 10. And thou exultest as a reem my horn. I have been anointed with fresh oil. The reem is a very strong animal. It could be an ox. And you know, an ox's horn is extremely strong. And it says, you have exalted my strength and you've anointed me with fresh oil. To be anointed is to be appointed. And also it means to have the Holy Spirit in you. So you've filled me with your Holy Spirit and you have appointed me to serve you and be your child. And you've caused me to be strong. And of course, this is talking about spiritual strength, not physical strength. Spiritual strength is when you cast demons out in the name of Jesus and when you resist sin. I don't believe that demons always manifest. I don't look for manifestations. That's very New Age and very Eastern religion oriented. I don't need to see demons at all or talk to them. But when I know that there's demonic activity going on in my life or somebody else's, for instance, if I wake up from a very demonic, hideous dream, that's demonic activity. That's not normal. So I cast the demons out in the name of Jesus Christ, and I ask Jesus to cleanse me and make me whole and forgive me of anything that I need to be forgiven of. I don't feel anything and I don't see anything. I just go on with my day walking in victory. We don't need to see manifestations when we're casting demons out. And the night that I became born again, I know absolutely that many, many demons left my life, but I didn't feel or see anything. I didn't shake. I didn't quiver. I didn't fall down. I didn't go into a trance, but I was 100% changed. That's how I knew that the demons were gone. 11. And mine eye looketh on mine enemies, of those rising up against me, the evildoers do mine ears hear. It says that you will see your enemies fall, and before God's throne of judgment, we will see our enemies fall. We want people to get saved, so we want sinners to live a good long life until they can repent. But the demons, we do want to see them fall, and that will happen before God's throne of judgment. 12. The righteous as a palm tree flourisheth, as a cedar in Lebanon he groweth. Cedar represents Jesus Christ. It's one of the fragrances of Jesus in the Old Testament. And palm trees represent the children of God. In the desert, when Moses brought the people to the first resting place after they left Egypt, that resting place had 70 palm trees to represent the original 70 Israelites that came 
from Jacob's family into Egypt in the first place. 13. Those planted in the house of Jehovah in the courts of our God do flourish. When we are planted in heaven, we will flourish. And now, spiritually, we have a place in heaven's court, because the Lord hears our prayers. 14. Still they bring forth in old age, fat and flourishing, are they? That means that they'll have children in their old age. This is a spiritual prophecy. We will have spiritual children, according to how many people we share the gospel with. 15. To declare that upright is Jehovah my rock, and there is no perverseness in him. The Lord means what he says, so he is not perverse. His words have meaning and they are truth. Perverseness is when what you do and what you say has no meaning whatsoever. And we will declare him to be our rock because we are saved. And that concludes Psalm chapter 92. Psalm chapter 93, verse 1. Jehovah hath reigned, excellency he hath put on. Jehovah put on strength. He girdeth himself also, established is the world, unmoved. There's another Bible verse saying that the world doesn't move. And that means it's established until the end of time. He will destroy the earth one day, but it's established until he decides that it will be destroyed. It says that he wears excellency, and he wears strength, which is a beautiful imagery of the Lord being clothed in power. 2. Established is thy throne since then, from the age thou art. His throne is from eternity to eternity. It has no beginning and no end. It's just forever. His throne has always been and always will be. And his home is pure holiness. Heaven is a holy place. That's why one third of the angels were kicked out when they rebelled. Because no one righteousness can be in heaven. And that's why when the humans go to heaven, they can only go there if they are righteous. Because it's his holy habitation. 3. Floods have lifted up, O Jehovah. Floods have lifted up their voice. Floods lift up their breakers. This could be a metaphor for many, many people, because in the Bible, the sea represents nations. This could be many people and many nations who lift up their voice to the Lord and pray to him, which is absolutely true. Countless millions of people have lifted up their voice to the Lord. For then the voices of many mighty waters, breakers of a sea, mighty on high is Jehovah. The Lord's voice is more powerful than all of the powerful waves on the ocean. His voice is more powerful than all the people and all the nations. 5. Thy testimonies have been very steadfast. To thy house comely is holiness, O Jehovah, for length of days. The Lord's home is beautiful because of its holiness, and it will last forever Length of days means forever, and those who have a testimony, their testimony will also last forever. In Revelation, it says that only the people who have a testimony will go to heaven. Do you have a testimony? I was a Christian my whole life, but I didn't have a testimony until I was 43 and I became born again, and I finally repented of my sins and put my whole trust in Jesus. After that day, I had a testimony. You can't have a testimony unless you're saved. 
You know, there's been people who I've asked, what is your testimony? Because they claim that they're saved. So I say, okay, what's your testimony? And they're like, I go to church and God loves me. Well, God loves everybody. And a lot of people go to church. A whole lot of sinners go to church. Even devil worshipers have been found in churches. So that's not a testimony. If you're nebulous about how you got saved, like if you think that it happened at birth or or you said the salvation prayer back in 1992, that's not a testimony. Anybody can be born into a Christian home. Anybody can go to church. Anybody can say the salvation prayer. A testimony is how the Lord brought you to the end of yourself, to where you would repent of all your sins, and how now you trust him with everything. And he took you out of that sinful lifestyle. And you're not the same person anymore. And even your mind is altered. Your personality is altered. Because you're no longer in bondage to sin. If you don't have a testimony, then repent and follow Jesus today. And that concludes Psalm chapter 93.